Christmas. Christmas. The most magical time of year. Now tell me we will find the perfect Christmas tree. It's Christmas. Christmas is all about forgiveness and family and tradition. Santa, lots of kids are depending on tonight going off without a hit. But in Bailey Downs this Christmas, it's different. Exactly one year ago, last Christmas Eve, the school was the scene of an unimaginable crime. And you still want to go down there just for some stupid school assignment? I get to any door in the school. This is Krampus, right? What's a Krampus? He's like an anti-Santa Claus, a demon who punishes the naughty. He whips them, chains them up, stuff like that. That's fine. It's the elves. I fear they may all become infected. It all come to this. We're trapped down here, and there's a psychopath on our loose. Bring the changeling back to the forest. That ain't your son. Did you not see what he did? The atmosphere here in Bailey Downs is truly grim this holiday season. Welcome back to the Bloody Pit. It is time once again for us to gather around the recording device, snuggle up close, and talk just a little bit about a Christmas horror movie. It's the annual Holiday Horrors episode with the two fellows who join me every year to do this. Uh, I have lost track. How many how many years have we done this? Now, you know, eight? I was looking at it, I believe, I want to say that, yeah, because I think next year will be our 10th, will be our, our uh, decade of doing them. Yeah, so You're I think, kidding. I really? believe I'm right. If it's, it's, wow. it's either next year or two years from now. Uh, I, either I way, it's yeah, hard still, to believe. Yeah, I know it is hard to believe. We haven't, we haven't aged a day since Not we started. Not at all. No, but it does show that all three of us are capable of commitment. (laughs) (laughs) Or of possibly being committed, (laughs) nevertheless. This year, oh, I should introduce everyone. With me, as usual, is Troy Gwynn. Hello. And also, Mr. John Hudson. Howdy, everybody. And Troy, I don't know about you. Did you sign up to snuggle up with this guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, did, I, did, I don't think unless I was dark and I was drunk and, you know, I didn't realize what I was putting on the dotted line there. Ooh. Nobody talks about what happens in the bloody pit. I'm starting to have some hazy memory flashes. <laughs> yeah. I don't like what I'm seeing. Yeah, shy away from digging at those threads. Let's just not pull on them at all. So mm-hmm. tonight we're going to talk about a film. This year it was Mr. Hudson's Choice. And Mr. Hudson, you chose uh, a pretty recent film. It's only eight years old Mm -hmm. at this point. So from 2015, A Christmas Horror Story. Sir, why this particular film? Well, it's really good. And I can thank uh, Troy. He's Mm -hmm. the person who introduced me to it. He saw it before I did Mm -hmm. and said, hey, you need to check this out. Mm -hmm. And he was right. And it's one we've kind of batted around since we've been doing this thing. It's like, we need to cover that one year. I agree. And this year I finally said, okay, I'm going to... I thought about Silent Night, Deadly Night Part Two, <laughs> for a second. But we've, but we've already covered roughly sixty percent of that movie. So. Now one one day it's going to happen, but not this day. <laughs> Eventually, it'll always be garbage day, no matter what else happens. Yeah, and then then we'll do Grunt the Wrestling Christmas Movie. <laughs> if there is such a thing, the answer is no. So, uh, I 
stumbled across this, the, I believe the, the Christmas that it came out, because I had heard mm. some interesting things about it. Mm. And uh, I'm always curious to see these kind of things. And, of course, what pushed it over the edge is that somebody said, oh, Shatner's in it. No, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Went, okay, all right, let me check it out. And, um, Troy, what, what pushed you to see it? Did you hear the, Did you hear positive things as well? You know, I honestly don't remember, but I'm guessing it probably had something to do with... I know I, know I always... Uh, during December, you know, go scouring for, you know, holiday films, new yeah. things I haven't seen. And, and, of course, anything that has a horror, Christmas horror, you know, vibe to it is uh, is certainly something I'll seek out. So I don't know if I just stumbled upon it on, like, Amazon Prime or wherever, wherever it was showing or if I had actually read something about it. But I'm sure the minute I, again, like you, probably the minute I saw it, saw that Shatner was involved, I thought, okay, now this, this how did, you know, what's, what's, what's up with this? How did he get in, in this? And so, yeah, so that's probably what got me to go ahead and just start streaming it. But, uh, yeah, that, and ever since I, yeah, saw it, it was, it, it really stuck with me, but, but actually this was, I had not watched it again until preparing for this podcast. So oh, it had been a okay. while. So yeah, I was almost coming back into it. There were a couple of little things I remembered about it, some of the bigger points, but a lot of it I had forgotten in the ensuing years. And so it was coming back to it pretty fresh to watch it for this podcast. I, Really enjoyed it the first time. I think this is probably the fourth time I've watched this movie. I know I watched it a couple of times that first year because I, I caught it on my own and then immediately went, oh, I've got to show this to some mm-hmm. other people. Mm-hmm. And uh, was really, really impressed with it because it uh, it kind of pulls off something that not a lot of holiday horror, Christmas horror films even try, which is it's uh, an anthology film. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. an anthology film which also sets a, a much more difficult task for itself by weaving its various stories together mm-hmm. so that there are connections to all of the stories in all the other stories. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is, uh, you, know, you, you set a high bar if, mm-hmm. you can, if you can manage that, and they mm-hmm. actually pull it off. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the, uh, the connections are, are you know, rather, you know, rather small or uh, kind of tangent- tangential to the thing that's going on in the main body of the story that's currently being told. But it is fascinating to know that this isn't uh, what I would think of as the classic 60s or 70s anthology film, which is movie begins, Mm -hmm. we have the wraparound story introduction, Mm -hmm. and then story one. Mm -hmm. Story one tells its story, ends, wraparound apparatus brings itself back into view, hoists story two into place, Mm -hmm. story two plays out, story two is over. Say, you know, repeat until you run out of however many stories you're going to have, three or five or whatever it's going to be. This film is an anthology story, uh, I'm sorry, an anthology film, which tells its four stories simultaneously. One, you know, one threads through the other. We uh, get to a certain point in one story and and the film shifts to the next and the next and the next until we all wind those stories down in the final third of the film. And it makes it very much more satisfying because all the balls are still in the air. You've not had the up and down roller coaster ride mm-hmm. of having a story told to you, having it rise and fall, and then come to the conclusion that you would normally get with the, like I say, the classic anthology storylines that, that, that I, don't, don't get me wrong, love to death. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, all those, all those Amicus and Hammer horror films, well, they were mostly Amicus, weren't they? Yeah, did Hammer... Do an anthology? No, as a matter I of think, fact, I don't think they I did. I think they were the ones everybody thinks of are the Amicus The Amicus films, films yeah. yeah. So that is the uh, the, cla- the the classic version. This is, I, pr- I, I have to admit, at this point, 
as much as I love the older ones, I kind of prefer this because all of the threads come together at the mm-hmm. end in all mm-hmm. the, all the various stories, and it makes for a more satisfying experience, in my opinion. Well, I think this kind of shows the <clears throat> the the big influence that Trick or Treat has yeah. had oh, yeah. on the whole anthology yeah. genre. I mean, it's, as it's grown in popularity and people got to see it to the point that it's become a Halloween classic, I think that its style of telling. The stories, it's good. That's kind of what going when I saw this the first time. I kind of thought, yeah, this this kind of is like a Christmas version of Trick or Treat, you know. In that, what you're talking about, the stories that that it's not just yeah, you tell a story, you move on to the next one, you know. That yeah. we keep going, bouncing back and forth between stories, and and part of the fun of watching the films, particularly on rewatches, is to spot connections between the stories. There. Mm-hmm. So. Right. Well, the one of my few complaints about the film is. I do wish sometimes that some of the stories they stay with it longer ah. before they cut back. I can see that. I, and there's I, a, a I did I did like the weaving in and out. Yeah. But there were a few times where it's like they could have stayed there another couple of minutes rather than mm-hmm. cut away and it would have maybe held up a little better. Well, but that's it, a minor complaint. I'm certainly I was about not to say, want to it, take would, away. Would from that be would that be similar to uh, a kind of long form novel kind of storytelling where you kind of get wrapped up in the story being told around one particular character, and then the book shifts focus to other characters, and you're kind of pissed off and disappointed that you're not sticking with that. Is it that kind of thing as well? Because no, it was more I like it was that. like the scene yeah. would just really start rolling, and oh, then it would okay. cut away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm thinking in particular the bit in the school basement. Yeah, there were a, a, at least once or twice where it was like. I, think, I wish they'd stay with that just a little bit longer rather than cut away and lose some of the tension. Mm. Okay, okay. But again, that's a small complaint, and it certainly doesn't hurt the film. It's just I think that would have been an improvement in a, in a couple of places, not all the way through. But Well, I have a couple of... Uh, there's a couple of threads that I thought were going to play out to something or lead to something that didn't. And the fact they didn't more surprised me than disappointed me. I mean, it didn't, but we can talk about those too. You know, things I thought like, okay, well, I thought this was going to go somewhere and it doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, and so, but we can get into those yeah. too. Okay. Uh, yeah, so uh, Rod, Rod, you can kind of uh, tell us, we have to ask that question, especially with something like this is, uh, should we warn the viewers to uh, that we're going to spoil the fuck out of it or, uh, <laughs> uh, because there are definitely some things you could spoil this or are we going to do that or not it's it, it, it you know, i've been those. i've been wrestling with that i yeah. i've been wrestling with that for for about a week now mm-hmm. and there's a big part of me that thinks that we probably ought to try to tread lightly because it is such a recent film and mm-hmm. it's not as well known as some of the others that we've talked about in the past and so i don't know exactly where we're gonna mm-hmm. <clears throat> stop mm-hmm. discussing mm-hmm. certain mm-hmm. stories mm-hmm. and i think there's one i think there's one of the stories out of the four that you really can't ruin and that's the one that it say let's just say involves trees mm-hmm. i think even knowing mm-hmm. the ending of that one really doesn't kind of destroy that story right. to a degree mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. the others do have surprises and that twist and like yeah kind of exactly there. so yeah so yeah. after having thought about it a little bit maybe Maybe we shy away from the uh, the the mm-hmm. wrap up, the final third mm-hmm. wrap of all the stories mm-hmm. to a degree. Maybe hint toward them because there's plenty of other stuff. There's plenty to discuss as far mm-hmm. as this film is concerned. Otherwise, but I do want to ask a, a pretty straightforward question, and it's one that uh, reoccurs to me. One of the things that uh, I didn't know going into this movie on my first watch was that it was going to be a Canadian film. No, mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. like Canadians. <laughs> well, we know it's <laughs> Well, it's that whole lover boy effect. Yeah. 
No, that is not true. I do not want to uh, mm. don't don't want to put out some kind of false piece of information there. I don't have any problem with Canadians or Lover Boy. Or, mm-hmm. Actually, I kind of do. Nevertheless, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I'm not gonna I'm not, I'm not gonna hide the fact that I've never been a big fan of Lover Boy. My problem with Lover Boy is that they always used to open for bands. They were like 38 Special to me. They always open for <laughs> bands that I wanted to see. Yeah, I didn't want to see Lover Boy back in the days of General Admission when you mm-hmm. had to get the show early because to get the good spot. You know, you had to set those some pretty bad opening bands to see the band you wanted to see. And, and, and like 38 Special, Loverboy was another perennial that I had to see yep. several times, but I didn't want to. Yeah. <laughs> oh, A friend man. of mine in high school went to see, I want to say Loverboy headlining, mm-hmm. and Huey Lewis was opening. Mm-hmm. And he used to brag this, yeah, I hit... Uh, Huey Lewis with a crushed up Coke can before he was famous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, didn't want to hear Huey's bullshit. <laughs> well, I make the, I make the, the, the joke about uh, it being a Canadian film, mainly because I think it's amusing that the one thing that drew me instantly to it and made me watch it, which is Shatner, mm. it's just kind of a return to his roots because he's mm. freaking Canadian. Mm-hmm. We all would like to pretend that that's not true and that he was mm. born here in America, but that is a lie. That is a damned lie. That man was born in Canada and spent his spent his formative years up there in the Great White North, being being wrong, just being <laughs> being Canadian. It's not allowed. But you know, we let it go now because well, he's ninety something and mm. he's lived long enough for us all to kind of forgive whatever the hell crimes he committed as a Canadian. So we're willing to let it slide. This seems to be one of the few times he's dipped his waters. Well, he's dipped his uh, <clears throat> wick his, back into the Canadian water. Doffed his toupee <laughs> toward his Canadian roots. <laughs> but I'm not wearing a toupee. <laughs> yeah. uh, sure, sir. I'm, I, I can see the I can see the seams from here, sir. Unless that's unless that stitching is, is okay. Anyway. Uh, one of the things that, uh, to, 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 before we talk about the particular stories, um, it is not much of a shock that I recognize a fair number of the of the young cast mm. in this film, mainly because uh, there are way too many uh, science fiction connected television shows that I've watched over the past 20 years that are, of course, shot in Canada. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Canada can, can mostly fake being America. Mm-hmm. It, it, you you mm-hmm. can get away with it for a while. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> X-Files. <laughs> and uh, that's okay. I don't mind. I was haunted going back to rewatch this. Uh, the uh, the redheaded girl. The mm-hmm. she and, and when she shot this, she was twenty, but she's playing a high school uh, uh, character, which not much of a stretch considering she still looks like one. But at the same time, I kept I, I, going back to this. I was like, where do I know her? Where do I know her from? Where do I? Where, and then I finally realized, oh yeah, she was in like twenty two episodes of Orphan Black, mm-hmm. which is one of the rare Canadian shot television series that had the balls to actually be in Canada. The <laughs> yeah. setting was Canada, yeah. and it was shot in Canada. You know, mm. kind of got to give them credit for that yeah. because everybody else is trying to lie. He's trying to hide it. Yes. I'm sorry, but that's, <laughs> not, uh, that's <laughs> not Wisconsin, and it's not Wyoming. <laughs> you motherfuckers are in Manitoba. I know where you are. Somewhere near Toronto, probably, for the most part. Anyway, I don't mind that, but that is the weird part when you start digging yeah. into the actors in this. Yeah. I've seen them in... A billion TV shows, and they're all Canadian. Yeah. yeah, they really did assemble a really good cast, though, because when you look yeah. them up, it's like all these people worked a lot. There weren't a lot of like mm. one and done mm. community theater mm. actors here. It's right. a really right. talented cast, and the performances are great, top to bottom. I think. 
the uh, well, I'm going to agree with you completely mm-hmm. on that, mm-hmm. but I think that stems from the fact that there are three directors listed, mm-hmm. and uh, all three of them have had their fingers all over various uh, Canadian productions that I have a lot of respect for over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve Hoban, the guy who kind of came up with the whole idea yeah. And, yeah. and pulled the other two guys into it, he produced the the three Ginger Snaps films, yeah. and I can't complain about those films. Mm-hmm. I really, I really love those movies. Those uh, he uh, was one of the producers of the first remake of Black Christmas in 2006, uh, Splice, and actually that's the that's one of the Vincenzo, uh, Vincenzo Natale films that he that he uh, produced along with Haunter from uh, 2013, which is also another good film. So if you're going to do Canadian films, mm. do them well. Mm, <laughs> and yeah. so these guys seem to be on the right track. Uh, Grant Harvey, one of the other guys that's listed as one of the one of the uh, the directors, uh, mostly besides a couple of feature films, including this one, primarily does a lot of Canadian-produced television, like the aforementioned Orphan Black, Helix, Twelve Monkeys, Haven, just a lot of stuff like that, mm. which is, of course, where I would have run across his name before if I'd ever paid attention to a mm. bland name like Grant Harvey. Anyway, <laughs> um, so most of the actors appear to be Canadian. There's a couple that aren't Canadian, but for the most part, this is the opposite of your average your average south of the border production, where there might be a few Canadians that snuck in, but, you know, here there's only a couple of Americans that snuck mm. in. Right. In general... Excellent cast, very well put together as far as uh, the way they're the way they're uh, they, the way they were picked for their roles, the way they they execute everything that they've got to do, and there's never a point where I'm staring staring at the screen and thinking to myself, well, that line wasn't well delivered. Mm-hmm. No, everybody does a good job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, going back to this and kind of already knowing where the film's going allows you that chance to kind of look around the screen and pay attention to detail. And so one of the things you concentrate on in a film that's this dialogue heavy is the performances. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I got to say, I come away really happy yeah. overall. I mean, as in general, I like the movie, but I was kind of surprised going back to it, how strong it still felt years later. Mm-hmm. This is not one where I start to pick it apart years later or start making allowances for little bitty things here and there. No, this one's this one's solid across the board, and I'm very happy that that turned out to be true. Of the four stories, and I know this is difficult because, unlike a typical anthology film, these stories are not, you know, one and you know, one and done, mm-hmm. and then go on to the next. Mm-hmm. Of the four different stories, which is your favorite, and which of those individual stories do you find most satisfying, most entertaining? Well, that's a tough one. Um... I think for me it's probably a tie between the changeling story okay. and the uh, the school basement story. All right, all right. Both those I think are really effective. Um, yeah, those are probably the, and the others are good too, but those are probably the two that I like the most. All right. How about you, Troy? I think I have to go, and again, it's close because I enjoyed them all, but I probably have to go with the Santa Claus versus the Elves story. Okay. The, the Undead yeah. Elves, Santa Claus yeah. versus the that was a lot Dead of fun. Elves. That is a lot of fun, and I think I enjoy it because it's because of in contrast to the rest of the stories, because it's it's filmed and told, and even the way the dialogue is written is all in a very different style. It's pulpy. Yeah, it is. It's, very it's, much a, exactly. it's a bigger and, than life story. Yeah, yeah, and the design is great. I mean, you know, the first thing you see of Santa's, you know, castle 
uh, what is just what the design on that thing is amazing, oh, especially the way the camera finally comes down into what's obviously the landing ramp for the sled. You know, mm-hmm. the sled uh, is is just great. But uh, you know, but but the way that the story gets weirder and weirder, and we get the the, the elves basically becoming zombies is just uh, a lot of a lot of fun to keep going. And the fact that it keeps then suddenly cutting back to just this very realistic. You know, version oh, yeah. like you said, the kids in the basement or the dysfunctional family or something. That's you know, it's just there's all this it, that that still it's like just the the cut cars. It's not jarring. I think it's fun. You know, the way that it keeps cut back in style from like, well, wow, wow, where are we going in this crazy, you know, really like you said, pulpy story that's really outlandish. You know, to these stories that kind of except for their, you know, except for the the, the actual supernatural thing they're going to reveal. You know, yeah. is it's actually pretty straightforward. So yeah. yeah, and that's the only story that's got any sort of lightness to it. Yeah, true. true. The, or, yeah. Which is one thing that makes this film different than Trick or Treat because Trick or Treat's got a lot of light touches mm-hmm. throughout it. Mm-hmm. And this thing, mm-hmm. the other three stories are all like dark. Yeah. <laughs> very dark. Very, you know, very true. A few times where it's like, whoa, that really went there. And mm-hmm. and the Santa Claus stories definitely, mm-hmm. even though it's hyper violent, yeah, is yeah. still very light. Mm-hmm. It's hard not to laugh when you hear this little <laughs> foul mouth of elves. Not only that, just the foul mouth elf getting decapitated. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. just like, yeah. it's so over the top that it, yeah. it, there's nothing, there's no other reaction you can have other than uh. laughter. I mean, this is like, oh, okay, <laughs> Jesus Christ, we're, going, we're really going for it. They're slinging the blood around the stage here today. Yeah. yeah. I gotta say, to me, and this, this kind of this may strike both of you as as kind of a weird cop out, but I gotta go with all the Shatner stuff, which oh, isn't even great. really it isn't yeah, even really right. one of the four stories, yeah. except that there he the the character he plays has connections mm. to mm. all of the other stories. Yeah. It's just that uh, I really love the fact that it's just him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I know I don't know uh, I, I I can't say this as a definite, but what this time around it reminded me of was how I felt years ago when I learned about how the production of Star Trek II was in mm-hmm. that Shatner and Ricardo Montalban were never on the stage at the same time. Mm-hmm. All of their confrontations, all their dialogue with each other, was shot. Weeks apart mm. because of the of, of the way you have to shoot a movie. Mm. So Shatner and Montalban, who bounce off of each other brilliantly in that movie, were never talking mm. to each other. Mm. So this is another instance of Shatner who is just talking to a microphone. Mm. He's just alone delivering dialogue. And it's another one of those instances where I have to you know, be one of those people who stands up and says... Jesus Christ, he's good at this. Oh, yes. he's, he's, I think he's fantastic. In the oh, yeah. Film. I love his scenes, and I think uh, I think he plays it great because he's getting, as it goes on, he, there's a great sadness to the character. Yes. Um, and we never know really exactly why, but, of course, his connection to, we gave, at one point he picks up the picture of the family. It's obviously the family that's in the dis- dysfunctional family mm-hmm. story. That's yeah. that he's a grandpa to the cr- the Krampus story. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's, he's a grandpa to that family, you know, and so he just puts up the picture and looks at it. But there's a great sadness to his character, and he's getting progressively drunk as it goes on. But he underplays that very well. I mean, yes. he like he manages to keep that pretty subtle. The fact that he is becoming more intoxicated. Um, I'll go ahead and get to a uh, you know a, a gripe I have against. I don't know if you guys picked up the Blu-ray or not, or if y'all just yeah, streamed it. Yeah. Okay, there's a featurette. You know, the only extra, at least on the Blu-ray I got, was yeah. just you know just a featurette about the making of. Just one of those ten or fifteen minute things. And they don't mention Shatner anywhere in the entire featurette, you know. Really? No. And I'm just like, 
what is the first question anybody's going to have about this film is how did you get William Shatner? You know, yeah. it's like, what was William Shatner's connection? I mean, it's I understand, okay, like if you weren't able to like interview him for the feature, that's fine. But the fact that nobody at any point addresses what would be you the know what first, I wonder what. That's interesting because I've never watched that featurette. Uh-huh. I don't know why, mm-hmm. but it makes me okay. For instance, yes, as I was saying about Star Trek Two, yeah, he and Montalban never saw each yeah. other during the entire production. Right. I think that it's very possible mm-hmm. that the Shatner stuff was maybe shot last. And it could have been. It could have been. And they may have not been sure they were going to be able to get him, or if somebody yeah. else was going to have to do yeah. this. Or whether or not they necessarily needed a name mm-hmm. to be that character. And maybe he was a big get. But mm-hmm. maybe the featurettes produced without any knowledge yeah, of whether they were, who, the, who the hell was going to be playing that character or not. Well, it makes sense, you know, that's if that possible. was the case. I mean, because I, you know, I mean, let's face it. I mean, I'm sure they had him for like a day. You know, yeah, that's why yeah. we got all this stuff a day. The thing I would love to know, not that I expected it to be addressed there, but I mean, if I ever had a chance to ask him a question... I would actually ask him about this movie because I would love to know if he improved some of that stuff because I get the feeling when I'm watching it, a lot of it feels like 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 a, like a, like it's stuff that he's he's improving some of it you some know, of it and does, I, you know yeah. I'm, I'm sure the overall thread and arc of it was written but I just wonder if some of the comments that he makes just really seem to me like they would be a kind of off the cuff uh, comments but I just think he's fantastic in it he's, he does a great job well it is one of those things you're right I do I wondered about that a little bit this time mm. through as well and a lot of that stems from the way uh, the way it's e- how easy it is now mm-hmm. to just keep those digital cameras rolling, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you may already have two perfectly excellent takes, mm-hmm. and you know you've got it, mm-hmm. and then the actor yeah, just, or the director can say, "Hey, why don't you try this?" Or yeah. "Have you got any ideas? Do you want to toss something out? Do mm-hmm. something like that, so that you can get that in there as well, mm-hmm. and then you to make those decisions in the editing room about well, which direction do I want to go with this?" And mm-hmm. sometimes. Those ad libs can be better, or they can enhance what's already there. Mm-hmm. Because by that time, the actor should be completely wrapped mm-hmm. up in what's going on, and those ad libs could be something that really kind of enhance the way things move through mm-hmm. the dialogue. So I don't know. You're right. I would love to know that as well. Mm-hmm. I would love to know because who knows? Every single word that came out of his mouth might be in the script. Right? Mm-hmm. Be might be right there on the page. But yeah, you're right. If it is every word of it on the page, mm-hmm. and he's making it feel like sometimes yeah. it's an ad lib, yeah. that's even more impressive. It so is. I wonder which side of the ledger mm-hmm. it falls on. I would like to know. You're right. I mean, the man can act. That's yeah, for sure. He can. Yeah, the, the, we are three people who are not, and never have been of the uh, of the belief that he was some kind of ridiculous ham. No. Don't get me wrong. Any no. actor can yeah, turn he is. He can really act. I, I, yeah. I would stress yeah. the ridiculous portion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. He can be a ham. Oh, yeah. Don't get yeah. me wrong. So yeah. could Vincent Price. But yeah. also both of these men mm-hmm. could put in mm-hmm. Academy Award level performances and mm-hmm. both of them did. Mm-hmm. So it becomes a question of what does the role require? And in this, it would... <sighs> Dangerous Dan, the DJ character that he plays, you could look at the dialogue. If you just took the dialogue that the character speaks in the film, Mm -hmm. you could maybe look at it on the page and play him as a clown. Mm -hmm. But that's not the direction they go. And that, I think, is very wise. Because this character, you've got, don't get me wrong, multiple points in the story, you're going to be laughing at this character. Yeah. And sometimes you're going to laugh with him a little bit. Mm -hmm. 
And then by the end of it, you're kind of right there with him, holding your head in your hands and going, oh, holy shit. Yeah. This has really gotten out of control. Mm-hmm. This is... Um, and that's a hard, that's a that's a hard ask. That's a difficult thing to carry across that because. And I wish now that I had done this. I would love to know how much screen time his character actually has, because I have the sneaking suspicion that it is less than fifteen minutes. Oh yeah, definitely easily. Like, yeah, uh, maybe I would say less than, five, than maybe. <laughs> no, no, it's it's got to be more than five. Yeah. But it's probably 10. less yeah. than t- maybe less than ten. Mm. And yet it's indelible. Mm-hmm, yeah. I mean, you're never going to forget it. There's things mm-hmm. in this movie you're never going to forget. Mm-hmm. The the cursing elves and the, <laughs> and the violence of that whole segment. Yeah, right. The look, the very the very excellent look of the Krampus creature because mm-hmm. it's not CGI. It's a real mm-hmm. big guy in an in, in a in mm-hmm. a in an outfit and a costume and a painted body. Mm-hmm. It, it it looks real. There's nothing about it that you can kind of fob off as, you know fuzzy because it's CGI or silly because it's CGI. It's a real tangible thing. Mm-hmm. Well, there, there are a few other things that I won't I won't necessarily I'll allude to, but I won't mm-hmm. specify. Mm-hmm. That final shot of, let's just say, the uh, the mall Santa. Mm-hmm. That one sticks in my mind as well. Mm-hmm. But the Shatner stuff sticks out. And it's mm-hmm. his performance. It's those uh, it's that sidelong glance when he's poor, when he's when he's put the booze in with the eggnog, yeah, it is. Yeah. It's, it's the it's as he continues to talk, yeah. And uh, the there, there's there's so much in this to 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 revel in, and it's so weird how many of the memories the memories that come back up. For instance, this time around, I kept and I, this happens every time I see it, but it's just it sticks with me for a long time. The kid in the uh, the family story yeah. who purposefully. Yeah. Intentionally yeah. knocks the little Krampus figure yeah. off, reen off in the floor to break yeah. it. I, I, I just want to slap him, and I just mm-hmm. can. I, that that image in my it sticks in my head where it's just mm-hmm. like I would just backhand that little. Oh boy, yeah, that, that, that no shit. no jury would convict. No, <laughs> every jury member in the world oh, yeah. would be like maybe uh-huh. not that hard, but yeah. Your instincts were correct, sir. You notice the thread between uh, of of Christmas. Movies, especially horror themed ones, um, is uh, you could probably almost make an entire like if you just isolated those characters, you could probably come up with so many. I mean, you know, but the the disenchanted, like the jaded teen, you know, is yeah. like or the jaded kid, you know, that that seems to be such. And and I think so much it plays on the fact that Christmas is so much thought of it's like a magical time for kids that, and so often they're and so often the characters are female too. There's almost always a teenage girl. You know, the children had one. Um, Krampus has one, you know that that and 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 so so does this one, you know that that this one has a couple of them, you know, but uh, who are just you know, but especially the girl who's part of this family in the Krampus story. Yeah, she's know, she's the only member of the family who doesn't seem like a complete jerk. Right, but she's yeah, but she's also too just kind of jaded by her whole. I mean, just disenchanted yeah. with the whole holiday thing. And yeah, that's that's just a common character that see that you see in all these films. Mm-hmm. Well, that well, and the. Uh, the uh, Molly, the uh, the the character played by the redheaded actress, and the uh, mm-hmm. the kids who get trapped in the the school basement. Mm-hmm. She's another one of those. She's a she's an obvious go getter. It's clear mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. of the three people doing what they're doing, she's the one who's the the real engine behind it. Mm-hmm. So she's the she's the one who's kind of the leader of those three people doing this little project to sneak mm-hmm. into the school mm-hmm. to make their you know to make their little documentary about mm-hmm. the thing that happened a year before in the school, and so. She's the uh, she's kind of the the engine of making this stuff happen, and of course, she's the one that ends up. 
being forced to take actions not of her accord as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. So it's this it's this interesting thing where the in both of those stories, the 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 female characters, the female teenage vic, uh, characters are victims, but they're also kind they're they're also laudable characters. They're characters that you kind of get behind from the from the get go because the red haired character Molly is. Okay, yeah, they're doing something they shouldn't do, but it's not criminal. Mm-hmm. And the the uh, teenage girl with the family, she's the only likable one of the four of them. Mm-hmm. And they end up they end up with the shit end of the stick, <laughs> yeah. regardless. I mean, <laughs> yeah. they get the worst of it in both their stories. Yeah. Well, let's actually concentrate on each story and go through these since we we've talked about Shatner, and we'll, I guess we'll start with the the school story. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, let's talk about the stories individually yep. so we don't lose too much focus on them and start with the school story which I thought was again very good the actors all were great in it and one thing I liked about it is everybody acted fairly realistically yes. nobody did anything like incredibly stupid everybody kind of oh, acted no, like, no, good like regular people would act in these situations right yeah none of, none of this requires any of these three characters to be an idiot for anything that happens to happen Mm-hmm. They are intelligent people. Yes, doing something they know they'll get, you know they they're going to get yelled at. They may get punished for what they're doing if they get caught, but they're not idiots. They're not they're not doing something either criminal or something that anybody as an outsider would go, man, you're you are obviously stupid. No, no, they're intelligent characters, and I think that adds to it because there's never a point where you get that thought in your head where you think. I would never have done that. That is one of the stupidest fucking things I've ever seen a character. No, no, no. That none of that happens in this story. They just are screwed from the point they go down in that basement, and they don't have any way to know that until it's too late. Yeah, exactly. And one thing I like about the story as well, there's some nice little found footage moments. Yes. Since they're filming this for a little homemade documentary about a murder that happened there a year before. Yep. And um, on. Christmas Eve. Yeah. Christmas Eve. They should know better than to do that on the anniversary. <laughs> that's that's bad news. But I'm but I'm but I'm so glad they didn't do the whole segment as a found footage yeah. thing. Oh, no, no, no. I'm glad they resisted that temptation. You know to to, to oh do definitely because that, that wouldn't have worked. You could have, but although there would have been no way to tell this story <laughs> in that way because there's too much of the interactions mm. with the with the other characters has to be mm. has to be. Not something that anybody is ever thinking of playing for a camera. Well, but yeah. that hasn't stopped yeah. other found footage films. From oh, there. There's, there's so many of them have those moments where you're just like, nobody would have filmed this. Yeah, you, know, you set you your camera to, down yeah. at this point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or it would, it would be dangling at your knee and possibly still on, and therefore our view of things would suck. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I thought, thought those little touches were really good, and... Um, I love the nativity scene. I would like oh. a nativity like oh, yeah. that, that where everybody <laughs> looks incredibly <laughs> frightening. <laughs> it's, it, it's like I've seen some creepy nativity scenes, but this one's pretty pretty high on that scale. Well, yeah. what's cool is it actually looks like a small town nativity scene where they just went to the department store and got the loan of some mannequins and just slapped some like beards yeah, on them. You know, I mean, it looks well, like a small I'm town. I'm just going to say it looks like your typical Canadian nativity. <laughs> because you've been to a bunch. I know. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, their whole view of Jesus is a lot different up there. You know, they got strange ways. Up I know, there. Yeah. I know. And they can't say 
the word about properly. <laughs> That's actually one of the few times where the Canada slips through. There's one. I know. Somebody, there's a couple. Somebody points. says oop yeah. too. Yeah. But they're not all talking out of the side of their mouth. Yeah. Like and then, then I'm not your buddy guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not your well, guy, friend. There, there is that. <laughs> there is that. Uh, I always, always, always like to to think about the the kind of rules that sometimes a director will put into. You know, will put in actors' minds before mm. they start a production, and I just wonder with so many Canadian productions pretending to be not Canadian, if you know, there's that rule: do not say that vowel sound. <laughs> it probably is that probably way, is, yeah. or I will beat you with a <laughs> stick. I will beat you a boot the head. <laughs> 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 oh god all the canadians are gonna put out a hit on us aren't they yeah <sighs> yeah but they'll be very nice about it though very that's true yeah. say, they might Please. bring us some, yeah. they might bring us some poutine <laughs> maybe christmas poutine. <clears throat> christmas poutine is god if there's if there is such a thing i don't want to know don't tell me um a couple other little touches in that scene or that that's segment story, that i yeah. thought were really nice the principal's name is principal herod <laughs> yes, which yes, I thought was good. nice. And also, if you noticed, when they uh, were getting cold down there, they gave the uh, the redheaded girl the shawl from the Virgin Mary. Yes, which so, which does kind uh, of... Uh, I did not pick yeah, up on that. Yeah, Very yeah, nice. I, Very nice. I didn't pick up on that until this viewing, and mm-hmm. I, I thought I might be the only one that picks up on yeah. that. Good catch, Mr. Hudson. Yes, hey. it is. The, uh, uh, now, here, in this within this segment, uh, is one of those threads I was talking about that, again, didn't... Isn't a sign of isn't a a bad sign. It just surprised me that didn't play out. Is that I thought for sure we were going to get an explanation of why the principal was down there, why he mm-hmm. was in the school, because they made a big deal about it. like what's he doing here, and to the point that they even thought that he was going to end up being the killer. I really thought that we were going to at some point, even if it was in another story, that it was going to be revealed why he was there, what he was talking about, who right. he was talking to, you know, and and yeah, the fact yeah. that we didn't. And I was just like, okay, it's not that big a deal, but it just that kind of surprised me. I thought that was going to lead to something. Actually, I agree. In fact, the second time I watched it for the for the show, I was looking for like something that maybe mm-hmm. I missed something, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's either that maybe got cut out, Thank or maybe be. they just said, you know what, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And he it doesn't was there, matter. and it yeah. doesn't matter. That's yeah. just one of life's little mysteries. You don't know everything. Well, mm-hmm. I thought about that a little bit and kind of started really listening hard to his end of the conversation because he's on his cell phone when mm-hmm. they see him, and he's and he's coming down the staircase. But the the, the, the his end of the dialogue doesn't really give us any hint mm-hmm. about anything yeah. that might no, be. Uh, yeah, so it's one of those things where you're like, okay, so... Maybe there was going to be another, uh, you know, another, you know, like tagged little uh, sequence with him as he like goes out to his car or something or something or other. But it doesn't really matter because all it's there to do is facilitate them going ahead and getting down into the basement. But the thing is, that's where they're intending to go in the first place. So it's not really necessary, except that it does add a little bit of uh, a moment of tension, something that kind of pushes them in that direction. But like I say, they were already headed there. Eh. Yeah. Unnecessary, but certainly doesn't detract. It no. doesn't detract no. from the story in any way. No, and and um, I go and say now that you know, and I didn't know this until reading some, you know, uh, looking up some trivia about the film. I didn't realize that it takes place in the same town that Ginger Snaps movies do. Oh, that, really? Oh, Bailey, I didn't. Bailey Downs. Yeah. Bailey Downs is the same, and I would never have picked up on that. Like I said, I didn't know it until just researching for this film. But it made me wonder. If the film has any other than the town name, you know, 
you would think they wouldn't be able to resist the temptation to put a few little references to those films oh, in this wow, film, but yeah, it's wow. been too long since I've watched yeah, those movies yeah. since I've seen that those. I wouldn't be able to pick up on them. But uh, but yeah, but it's just thought that was interesting that uh, when I saw that, and then of course seeing how much connection all the filmmakers had to the Ginger Snap series, you know that it's even yeah. some of the actors, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. but it's yeah, but made in the same uh, made in the same uh, uh, town or set in the same town. Yeah, it reminds but, me, it's been so long since I've seen Ginger Snaps, I and mean, it's I've been got, too long. Yeah. I've got the Blu-rays, but. Believe it or not, those are the only Blu-rays I haven't watched <laughs> Man, in my collection. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I'm just straight to your face, I don't believe you. <laughs> uh, it's true. <laughs> really? You're one of those, the really? plastic comes off and it's on the tray, right? You know? well, <laughs> the second it hits your The house, plastic does come, come off. off after a few years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, well, I leave the plastic off. That, that's one of my telltales for like, shit, I haven't gotten to that yet. <laughs> that's one reason I take them off, is so that way I don't have that... Reminded me. <laughs> oh, I got that for that. Christmas ten years ago, <laughs> and I still don't watch it. Huh? This you know, tells me something that I don't want to admit. <laughs> you know, I used to for the first few years. I was getting DVDs, and I would actually would when I got them. I would always take the plastic off and put them in the DVD player just for a second to see how they looked because it was still yeah. just you know the kind yeah. of to see like let's yeah. see how the print looks and that sort of thing. I don't even do that anymore. It's how jaded and sad I've got. I just, I mean, I just, and they just go they just go into the shelf to gather dust you know because I'll never have time to watch them. Yeah. <laughs> Troy Gwynn jaded and sad. <laughs> jaded and sad. I should have been one of the teens in this film. Yeah. <laughs> well I know we all think of you as jaded and sad. No no you do. You're like oh here comes old jaded and sad again. Here it comes. <laughs> Oh, shit, here comes Sad Sack. Uh, I'm more of a Beetle Bailey man myself. <laughs> and for you younger folks, that's about a comic strip. <laughs> they used to be in newspapers. <laughs> oh, by the way, a newspaper They used to print off things that you would hear on the yeah. news onto paper. Yeah, so, and some yeah. of the news actually was true. It actually happened. Yeah. <laughs> you, you could actually listen to it and learn something instead yes. of just having your emotions stroked. Yes. <laughs> Uh, anyway. Wow, it's a very Christmassy uh, thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, first of oh, all. Oh, oh, kids. I did, I did not. Yeah, really. Oh, geez. Let me reel it back in. I didn't know the Bailey Downs thing was a connection to Ginger Snaps. It doesn't surprise me. To me, Bailey Downs is just, hey, by the way, a George Bailey reference. So it's a wonderful life getting a, mm. kind, getting a kind of tag in. I didn't there. even think about that. That's yeah. a great, yeah, mm. it makes sense. That's, that's where, that's where yeah. it kind of factors in for me. But of course, that's been on my mind here mm. recently because. Much like you, Troy, mm-hmm. <laughs> I do yeah. try to seek out uh, newer uh, Christmas-themed horror movies. And no. this year, mm-hmm. uh, the one that I've caught that uh, that I that I enjoyed. It's not perfect. It's got it, 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 the the script could have used another pass through uh, through. Uh, I'm not going to say committee, but it needed another pair of eyes on it to to take mm-hmm. care of a couple of rocky mm-hmm. spots. But uh, there's a film that you can catch on Shutter called "It's a Wonderful Knife," mm-hmm. which is of course obviously a reference yes. <laughs> to It's a Wonderful Life and it is a direct that is a direct inspiration because the, mm. the, the whole point of the story and I'm now starting to wonder is it another Canadian movie? Shit, I can't think. Anyway, <laughs> but it's actually pretty good in that the crux of the story is there is a character in this case huh a teenage girl. Ah, who I bet is who under the Aurora Borealis after a really rough year just does say out loud, well, I, you know, honestly, everybody's life would be better if I'd never been born. Hmm. And should never say that. Should never no. say that. No. <laughs> because then she learns what, you know, what the world is like without her having been born. And uh, it's, 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 good. it's a slasher film. 
It's uh, it's very well played. Uh, gotta say, at this point, somebody's gonna have to work up some kind of award to give Justin Long because every time he plays a complete asshole in a horror movie, I, I like the horror movie. <laughs> Last year in Barbarian, this year in this film, it's it's one of those things where I'm just like, you know, you know, instantaneously in this movie, this guy's the fucking villain. But then the movie pulls a nice switch where the first at the end of the first act, everybody knows, and that's mm. what jumpstarts the rest of the film. The next hour is, yeah, we now know he was the killer. He's the one who dressed up like an angel and went around killing people because his his mm. his reign of murders comes to a uh, pretty quick end, and that sets up the rest of the film. But uh, it is this weird thing, and I've got to. I'm not going to take this tangent too far. I swear. But have you all ever noticed, and this, maybe I'm the only one who notices and gets bugged by it, but actors sometimes will alter the shape of their face by wearing uh, some kind of denture appliance over their teeth, usually their upper teeth, because it changes the shape of their mouth. Okay. First time I ever noticed it was Thomas Jane in The Mist. Mm. You look Mm. at that, and you can, if if you know what Thomas Jane looks like, it's like, his, t- his his upper his upper teeth are bigger than they are normally. Okay. Justin Long pulls that same thing in this movie, where it's like I know what this guy looks like, and he's wearing some kind of appliance to wow. change the shape of his mouth. Hmm. Okay. You I, know, I, not... I think about now. I've noticed Gary Busey doing that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've noticed Gary Busey just taking his dentures out <laughs> to play some kind of raving lunatic. Oh, but wait, that's what he plays when he puts his teeth in too. <laughs> But I do recommend It's a Wonderful Knife. Not perfect, but pretty damned entertaining, and it's got a few nice tricks up its sleeve. But it really lays the whole It's a Wonderful Life thing mm-hmm. out there mm-hmm. uh, in that at a certain point, uh, our main character does manage to convince someone else that what they're saying is true. I used to, I used to live here. This is how I know all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. This is how I know who you are. Mm-hmm. And so they start. they just look at each other and they go, so... Are you George mm. and I'm Clarence, mm. or are you Clarence and I'm George? Which one are we? Yeah, <laughs> and that's kind of nice because yeah. that plays very heavily into the way the film ends up as well mm. with those two characters kind of playing off of the idea in the movie itself, the storyline playing off of the idea of the way that movie ends as well. The, not, not mm. like I say, not mm. perfect, but worth seeing. Uh, that's 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 actually what you just said there would sum up the new Christmas film that I sought out this year, which was uh, found on Amazon Prime, which was a Christmas horror anthology film, much more of a straightforward one in that you have a linking story, but you tell a story and you move, you know, much more in this traditional, uh, called Holiday Hell is the name of it. Um, I don't know right off what year it was made, but uh, I think fairly recently, but probably not, maybe not, I don't know if it was this year or not, but uh, um, the kind of the, the selling point, for me, it was that the the linking story uh, is stars Jeffrey Coombs, who's oh, okay. always just so oh, great to watch, and love he's that, great man. in this too. I mean, he's he's always just such a joy to watch. Um, but it's one of those kind of like what you said too. Interesting, worth a watch. Not great, you know, not perfect. You know, it's by any means uh, certainly not as good as this film we're talking about here tonight. But it definitely has its, you know, I I, I think you'd enjoy it if you see it, you know. But it's 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 kind of hit and miss in places. But but got some got some things to recommend it, you know. So yeah, not bad. But it's called Holiday Hell, so worth seeing. And well, my Christmas anthology that I watched this year was uh, Death Timber. Well, I haven't heard of that. Really, yet. Death Timber. Was, is never... this how recent is it? Uh, a couple years ago. Okay. Um, and it's 
it's all right. It's like a set up like an advent calendar. Mm-hmm. Where, and there's like a lot of little stories, almost like ABC's of Death, where the stories are really yeah. short. Yeah. Okay. There's more misses than hits mm-hmm. in it. And as I think back on it now, I can't remember a damn thing about any of them, <laughs> which maybe tells well, that, you. At, well, at the, well, the thing, no, what that tells me is that if they're as short as you're saying, it's kind of hard to make an impression. Yeah. yeah. It is. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. It, some of them are okay, but they're mm-hmm. all like really like in and out quick mm-hmm. kind of things. But, all right. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember where I saw it, but. It's out there somewhere. There's a couple of uh, there are a couple of holiday horrors from the past few years that are, that are sitting there on Shutter that I'm thinking about digging into. One of them is something like a like the the Advent horror movie or something like that. And I'm, you just reminded me of it. And it seems like such a stupid idea that I may have to push play on it eventually. But I I think all three of us do as we could we as we could just attest mm-hmm. we all do, do really do seek these things out in the month of December. And uh, more hit, more more miss than hit is pretty much yeah. pretty much the standard, I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's always I still I still want to explore. Mm-hmm. All right, so our next story up is uh, we'll just call it the Changeling, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and and that's uh, and that's not a spoiler because it's pretty obvious early on that something's not right with the kid after he goes missing. Uh, but yeah. this is but the, you, you know we mentioned there's connections between the stories, and one thing about this film is that. The connections are, none of the connections are like, you know, hit the car horn, like on your oh, head no. kind of, you know, they're all very, very simple connections. Yeah. You know, it's not something where it's just all, where they're like really overt with, like for instance, in when going back to the previous story, the kids in the basement there, the way they get into the basement of the school is they're given the keys that are stolen by the girl that appears in our, our story about the dysfunctional family. She's right. the one who manages to procure the keys mm-hmm. for them to get in, you know, whereas in this, the connection now to the changeling is the... It's a, uh, uh, a man and woman. A police woman, officer. Yeah, police officer uh, who has been kind of off the force for a while. And, he, and and basically we get the impression he's gone into some therapy because he's the one who found, discovered the bodies that were found in the school. The oh, murder the yeah. murder that the kids who were in the basement of the school are doing the news story on. Doing, mm-hmm. you know, so so that's his, that's the connection there. But we, we can you know, go ahead. Oh, and the, uh, the girl in that story babysat the little boy. Yeah, who's in the Changeling story? That's right. Yes, yes. Which Thank is one you. of the reasons why it was so upsetting for this particular cop. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, yeah. And so, uh, so, and it, and 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 so, yeah. So there, he he is back now, kind of trying to. He's supposedly okay, or he's trying to be okay, and he's kind of reuniting with his wife. Because obviously, the relations in the family are strained because of what he went through. He's not been present there. In the the for the for the family, and he's trying to kind of get. You can tell he's almost kind of forcing the issue mm-hmm. he's, yeah. kind of, he's trying to make it too much like hey we're all together again you it's know, Christmas and, it's all, and we, okay. should be, we should be happy yes. and we're going to get yeah. a tree and yeah. we're going to have a good Christmas as a family yeah. And, yeah. so we're going to trespass on this private property and take a tree Yeah, which honestly doesn't seem like that big a no, deal no no but mm-hmm. boy are we wrong yeah yeah Picked the wrong woods. There. Yeah, the wrong grove. Yeah, the boy goes missing, and uh, and and for a few after they get the tree, the boy goes missing, and and then they they find him, you know, and he seems to be okay, and then go home, and things start to get start to get interesting. Get a little weird because yeah. the kid suddenly isn't speaking. Yeah, yeah, and boy does he like spaghetti. <laughs> yeah, yeah, food seems to be a, a really impressive thing to this kid all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. 
It prog- th- this story progresses well. Also, the naked well. body of his mom seems to be very interesting mm-hmm. too. <clears> yes, as he wanders in to stare at her at, in the <laughs> shower. This is uh, this is an impressive story. I do like this story a lot. Of like, mm-hmm. like I said, there are no weak stories in yeah. this. I like them right. all. This one, uh, maybe my least favorite because mainly just because at a certain point you know which direction it's going to go. You just wonder if there's going to be a, a happy or an, un- or an unhappy ending. Mm-hmm. But it's well played. Mm-hmm. And I and I do like the way it sets itself up and then knocks all the pieces into place. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. Yeah, this is the only story that doesn't have a twist ending on it. No, yeah, it doesn't. It's just a straightforward narrative. And the kid is great. Yeah, I know. That kid is yeah, fantastic. And how old do you think man. he is? Yeah. Five or six? Oh, God, I mean, he's I a little guy. He's probably... Probably six or seven. Mm-hmm. They always they always try to find as old and as, as as mature a kid as they can to play as young as they can. Mm-hmm. That's always the smart because the mm-hmm. the older they are, the, the 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 better they are at understanding things, and therefore you can you can mm-hmm. explain and get across everything that you want to. So yeah, I didn't I didn't look up his age at the time mm-hmm. they filmed this. So Maybe sure. they went the Peter Bark route. <laughs> that I doubt. Oh, well, that's that I really, really <laughs> the man, doubt. The man could probably still do it. <laughs> but you always, you always love in these uh, stories the, you know, just the speculation on just you know what did they, what were the directions they gave the kid mm-hmm. and how much did he know of what yeah. was going on in the story. But, yeah. but you're right, whatever it is, I mean, they they definitely the the kids the kids creepy when he mm-hmm. I mean, he's got a he's got a very eerie very menacing look to him and he just but he plays it he plays it great he really does it's a. Uh, very well done, and it's again well, never over the top. No, no, no it's no, not no, like no. he's like chewing the scenery right. or anything. It just mm-hmm. looks like you said there's something off. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Oh, well, know, one, one thing. One thing I can guarantee you is that all the outtakes are of the adults, the mm-hmm. adults and the kids cracking up. Oh no, yeah. yeah, you know it. Yeah, because yeah. because that's the thing that um, mm-hmm. everybody says about working with kids mm-hmm. in anything, and especially mm-hmm. in a horror film, yeah. which is you explain things to the kid, mm-hmm. and then you present it as. Hey, it's all good fun. We're gonna laugh. We're gonna have, and they do. They laugh. They have a really good time mm-hmm. because we're play acting here, but we've got to do it right. Mm-hmm. And so there's, you know, there's a lot of time where you're just gonna end up laughing and joking and, and screwing around, just because that's the way to make it easiest mm-hmm. for the kid. And yeah. also, breaking the tension is another just good thing to do when you're working in the first place. Mm-hmm. But it's a good creepy story, and mm-hmm. you're right. It is the only one without a twist. And I don't know why I'm only realizing that now. Mm-hmm. It's just it is just yeah. a straightforward story. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> My complaint with it has always kind of been it it really it is one that I can predict once it begins. Mm-hmm. Whereas the others, I really I really kind of couldn't I couldn't I couldn't tell you when it started, how it was mm-hmm. going to end. And this one I knew well it's going to be one of two things, mm-hmm. especially once. Uh, once a certain character is taken out of the mix, shall mm-hmm. we say, without mm-hmm. giving too much away. Mm-hmm. This um, segment has two of my favorite shots in the whole film. Okay. Two, by the way. Um, one is when the uh, you see the father, I think he's sitting on a sofa, and over his shoulder you see the son crawling across the ceiling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In yeah. the background, which is just great. Yeah, yeah. Seems then, like a direct callback to The Exorcist 3. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, really nicely done. Especially on the kind of budget that they had to yeah. play with, yeah, yeah. it's, it's yeah. really yeah. well done. And there's also a beautiful shot where the mother comes in and and sees the changeling up to no good. Okay. And yeah. there's like lights reflecting off the Christmas tree, and the way the red lights are shining on the boy, it looks like he's sitting in a puddle of blood. 
Oh, yes, yes, oh, yes. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that is really great. Yeah, it is very cool. Very you're right. You're yeah. right. That, that, is a, that is another great aspect of this, uh, this story. You're right. Christmas. The most magical time of year. But in Bailey Downs this Christmas, it's different. It's got to be. It's true, my friends, and you know it is. So before I put another jingle in your stocking, I want you to think about the little ones in your life and give a thought to the little ones who aren't with us anymore. Yeah, this next one's for them, for Jenna and Connor from St. Joseph's Academy, taken from us last year, cruelly. I know they're listening. Somewhere out there. Okay, so the third story really is kind of uh, one that it, it threads well within things. It's the dysfunctional family story. Mm. That's the best way to put it. And like we say, there's there are threads to the William Shatner character because he's the grand, he's the grandfather of uh, the kids in this story. And then there's the thread that uh, connects it to the kids who mm. uh, get trapped in the basement and mm. go through the the unfortunate things that they go through and this is this is really kind of the krampus story mm, yeah. uh it doesn't kind of uh it doesn't present itself as it go, as going to be that mm. uh as it goes along mm. but then once uh, once the krampus character is introduced and all hell kind of breaks loose mm. it's it's a load of fun it has mm. th- this is the only story in which I think you can see some of the budgetary constraints, and that mm. goes along, and, and that's in the segments where some of the uh, some of the action takes place, where it it's you know they, they use a few particular types of uh, of low budget cheats to get away mm. with certain things, mm. and uh, so but that's not a negative as far as I'm concerned. I think the the story plays out very well. I like the way it goes, and I do like the twist at the end without mm-hmm. giving anything necessarily away the uh, it it plays the kind of it plays the kind of trick that uh, a lot of horror films do which is that it does set you up with four characters uh, most of whom you don't give a shit about right. living or dying yeah. <laughs> you're yeah, pretty happy you're pretty happy to watch them get knocked off mm. Uh, you you were about to describe them as not likable. Mm. It's like yeah yeah the kid the 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 the, uh, the male child mm. who's I guess a teenager is mm. you know like I say more than willing to backhand slap him. Yeah, uh, you don't just destroy things. Mm-hmm. You're an asshole. Mm-hmm. The father who's kind of a you know turns out to be exactly the kind of Weasley bastard. I mean the the story presents itself brilliantly in that. We're told up front that this decision to go see the uh, the rich aunt out in the mm. country mm. was a very last minute decision. So it made by the father. So when we find out why, it's not, it's like yeah, that fits. That fits mm. pretty effectively. Mm-hmm. And the the harpy, <laughs> the harpy oh. way in which the wife is presented oh, yeah. is pretty awful as well. Mm-hmm. And she's very obviously, you know, we see where the a lot of how the boy turned out so awful because of how oh, how know. protective she becomes of him when he. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when he's when been he, a jerk. When he's been a jerk, yeah, exactly. Uh, to me, in some ways, if it wasn't for the fact that I really like the Krampus stuff, to me, this would be one of the weakest, mm-hmm. one of the weak, the, possibly the weakest story. Except that I really do like the way the Krampus stuff goes, mm-hmm. and I like mm-hmm. the twist at the end, mm-hmm. where it becomes uh, the, where the the Krampus myth 
kind of uh, becomes something rather in, rather larger than I would have expected. Yeah, yeah. Because the way the story starts, mm-hmm. you're thinking everything's going to have something to do with that figurine, mm-hmm. and that's way too small for the way they play this. Yeah, yeah. I like this story. It's yeah. fun. Uh, it's it's not the one that I like the most, but I do like the way it plays out, and I do once again really like the the uh, the way in which they present uh, the Krampus character because it is a guy, it is a a mm. big guy, it mm. is you know they're doing some forced perspective shots in certain in certain areas, mm. but that it's not a big CGI creature. They clearly didn't have the budget for that kind of a monster. And it still plays extremely well, and I like the design as well. Yeah, the makeup is great, and the physical performance is great Yep, from the actor. Mm -hmm. As for the fourth story, that's where we get the wrap-up. Threaded Mm -hmm. throughout this Mm -hmm. has been Mm -hmm. some time spent with uh, DJ Dangerous Dan, Mm -hmm. the Shatner character. And the fourth story really is kind of the culmination, the wrap-up, shall we say, Mm -hmm. of the the storyline with him. And I don't really want to give much away there because it dovetails perfectly because it it turns out that the Dangerous Dan storyline has a direct and unexpected connection to the undead the undead elves at Mm -hmm. uh, Santa's workshop storyline. We'll give more than that away. Right, right. But that to me is what gives this film its best punch in yeah. a lot of ways. It's the thing that everybody who would be discussing the film would, would be talking about. Mm-hmm. Would be, yeah. you know, and, and you're right, we're not going to spoil it here. Uh, after I saw it, you know, I, I wondered, I wondered, you know, when I rewatch it, you know, will there be, will there be clues there that would have given that anybody, could anybody have figured out what was going on? And I don't think most, I don't see that most people could. Now there are, when you watch it a second time, you can see that there are some visual and, and, and some, you know, I don't want to say for sure, maybe some people did figure out what was going on, you know, and, but it's, but to me, you know, when I see it, I think like, yeah, there are some, there are some things that does visually and also with sound that, uh, could be a clue, you know, to, but I think you'd, you'd, yeah. it'd be, it wouldn't be many yeah. people. It makes it fun on the second viewing to see where they drop the clues in there, but I, I'd be real surprised if many people figured out what the big the big twist was. I don't think there. so. I think yeah. the only thing that, and it doesn't give away the twist, but there's an actor in the film who has a dual role. Yes. Yes, but it's yeah. not a dual role. But, but watching the film, my thought is if you recognize that, you may just think that, oh, well, it's cool. They're, they're yeah, using the actor in two, in two different yeah. segments. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that they could have hidden that a little better that it was the same actor. But at the same time, but at the not same time you it. don't know. Yeah what the two roles are going to you know, like mm. you don't know yeah. what the connection you don't know what is, the connection so. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah right. in other words no matter how sophisticated a film watcher you are the, the movie's kind of kind of got a way to go oh well that's you know you, you use actors for different roles these are you know different there are three different directors so maybe they just yeah, cast they just this like guy this in different guy roles yeah. Him, and yeah i don't think most people could see it coming i know laura watched this one with me and and she certainly didn't see it coming. She was like, "Wow, I didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely didn't." didn't oh, it, it was out there. Yeah, yeah, it got me. I was. I was first of my eyes. I was like, "Damn, that's cool. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. that's really good." Yeah. And yeah. Once again, without getting too too much into the details, it's it plays itself out as sadly one of the most modern of the stories being told here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That yeah, yeah. It's difficult to imagine the way this story ends up. Mm-hmm. Being something that would have been turned into a holiday story, yeah. you know, twenty years before. Yeah, um, 
No, you're right. This, this is it, there. There are so many dark elements in this film. Uh, once again, really, only one of the stories has a, you know, an upbeat ending or mm-hmm, an ending mm-hmm. that is positive in, mm-hmm. in some way or it's another. A, yeah, yeah. This one is clearly the darkest, and they choose they choose well, I think, to have this be the capper. Me too. Yeah, I agree with you. Because oh, it definitely. really nothing's yeah. going to follow this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there's nothing. This this brings down the curtain in a very dark way, and I think they are also smart to, as the credits roll, have a little bit more of Shatner as mm. the as the mm. DJ character play over the credits to kind of mm. to kind of lighten the mood just a little mm. bit mm. with the. You know, so that you don't, you don't end the movie with the credits rolling, just sitting there going, "Well, glad that someone decided to kick me in the balls." Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, uh, speaking of the Shatner story, the Dangerous Dan story, I was kind of surprised. I mean, I was expecting at some point we were going to get something happen with him directly to yeah. him because, especially the fact that he kept. Uh, referring to this, uh, his this, obviously a woman who's in the control mm-hmm. room there, Susan, that we never see. Yeah. The fact that he keeps occasionally referring to her, I thought that by the time they get to the end of the film, there's going to be some sort of wrap up, something's going on with Susan that's going to directly. We never get it now, but I just thought that that was something that was going to happen because a lot of times in anthology films they'll do that. The linking story eventually has its own wrap up, you know. Whereas and, right. they, and they didn't do that with this one, but yeah. Yeah, I thought the same thing. It's like you, there's this unseen person at mm. the other end of the phone or in the next room and I thought that there was definitely a twist coming with that mm. and what I suspected completely was that you'd eventually the camera would turn around and you'd see that Susan was played by the invisible chimp no oh wow 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 so good it's going to be very easy to edit this part I did, yeah I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and I honestly thought that you were working yourself up to have the integrity to not do this this year but you know no no, no. no. it won't be Christmas without the yeah. well not only that, but the the concept, the very thought of integrity and you in the same room is a physical impossibility. That's so, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good to know that all my worst thoughts are accurate. <laughs> Certainly doesn't make me think of holiday suicide at all. Thank you, sir. <laughs> at any rate, sliding any rate, on though, past. Even though the invisible chimp is always foremost in everybody's mind at the holidays <laughs> I, 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 of course I, I, the, the, the typical holiday thought of ah oh, shall we leave out cookies for the holiday chimp there's some cultures whose entire christmas that's it is wrapped, around. wrapped around it there's the invisible chimp christmas tree where you just put up a fir tree and let it die <laughs> didn't y'all watch the invisible chimp christmas special every year that rankin bass did <laughs> as a matter of fact uh no, no i never fucking did <laughs> Paul End was the villain. <laughs> That's oh God. actually a special I'd like to see. I was about to say, now I can, now I can picture this. This is, let, let, let me guess, Casey and the Sunshine Band were the guests? <laughs> yeah, the Invisible Chip uh, yeah. Christmas. Sponsored by Dolly Madison. <laughs> <laughs> And you get that special preview on the Saturday morning. <laughs> God, no. we are children of the freaking 70s. Yes, we are. No, I, I did actually think, though, for a while that there might be a Shatner twist at the end. Just yeah. Like yeah. You. yeah. But then once it wraps up, it's like, no, they can't do anything else at no, this point. Yeah, you, can't, would, yeah. you, can, you can't do yeah. something to top that ending mm-hmm. when, yeah, there's just no, there's and, no way. And all the stories had really good endings, which is, again, something not always... Yes. 
doesn't always right. happen in anthology films. Very there's true. usually one clunker where you think, ah, that yeah. There's there's almost always one, especially if they stretch it to like having five stories. Where yeah. One of them ends with kind of a wet fart where you're mm-hmm. just sitting there going, "Well, that did. We could have spent this time better. Yeah. <laughs> we we could have done something different than this. Right. But eh, you know, it's 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 this, all all the stories are strong, and I think one of the reasons may be that the concept itself is pretty strong, mm-hmm. and threading the stories together is another thing that strengthens the film as a whole because you spend enough time with each story as it goes along. Like I say, you don't have the the ups and downs mm-hmm. of being told a story and an ending and a starting another mm-hmm. story. Right, yeah. You're you're invested in them more and more as they go along, mm-hmm. like a good a, a good well-told story would be so that by the end of it, the third act is where you're getting the ends of all the stories. Yeah. Yeah. And they do hold that darkest punch. For the uh, the very end of the film, before the credits roll, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. man, it's effective. It's very mm-hmm. they, they've yeah, set it, it up. Is. They've set it up well. They've they've threaded enough clues mm-hmm. about how things are going a little darker and darker as mm-hmm. as the story progresses. It's it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Which one of us chose this? Me. It was Mr. You, Mr. Hudson. Hudson thank I you. have excellent taste, do. don't I? Yeah, I well, hate me. you. <laughs> but even I am going to compliment you <laughs> for choosing this film. I've always liked this film. This mm-hmm. is uh, this is year eight. I haven't watched. I don't watch it every year. But I, as I said, I think this is probably the fourth or fifth time I've watched it. I think yeah. it's strong. It's 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 a really good one to throw into the mix every December. It really is, and and kind of think it. It, it's sort of, sort of what I was hoping, and I, I, I want to clarify this by saying this is a film I enjoy, but when Michael Daugherty did Krampus, you know, I was so excited. Same, same year. Yeah, I was so excited for that film because, obviously, I would already was totally in love with Trick or Treat, like I know we all are. You know, it's such a great film. It's you know, a Halloween classic. And so yeah. I think I went in with such high expectations because, you know, yeah. I think he's always doing for Christmas what he did for, you know, ha- Halloween and kind of... and and. I still enjoyed it on the first viewing in the theater. I've since watched it a couple. I've watched it a couple of times since, and now with the second viewing, when I kind of knew what to expect and kind of just took it the film as it is, I enjoyed it much more. And I think it right. is a good film. But when it comes to like, if I had a go to Christmas modern Christmas horror film, I think this is a better film. I think the, I the, the Christmas horror stories. I, 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 I enjoy this one more than Krampus, mm-hmm. although I do like Krampus yeah. as well. In yeah. other words, let's put it this way: on the one mm-hmm. to ten scale. Mm-hmm. I give this one an eight, and I give Krampus a seven. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. That, I think that, I, that, that, that that's just a way sense. of yeah. a, a way. You know, that's just a mm-hmm. a, 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 a subjective way of looking at it. But yeah. that is kind of how I feel about it. I I liked Krampus on my initial uh, viewing in the theater, mm-hmm. even though it was a shitty, shitty viewing experience when I went to see Krampus. They didn't have the volume up high enough, Ooh. and it was a pretty crowded theater, and. These morons down near the down near the front had managed to, I guess, not get a freaking babysitter for their oh, child, and so there's a kid in the oh, front row no. fucking around with an iPad the entire time oh, the movie dude. played. Oh, oh, I, oh, I wanted to strangle that child. Yeah. No, actually, I wanted to strangle his parents. Yeah, right. It's the parents oh. that you need to blame. Yeah, but so, that's, that's yeah. You yeah. definitely want to unleash some crumpets on those uh, people, man. They'll, they'll do Lord. that. You know, not, it, it takes something mm-hmm. impressive to imprint the specifics of a viewing experience in a theater on me instead of imprinting the film. Yeah. So there's only a handful. There's like less than half a dozen moments of seeing a movie in a theater where my one of the you know it's almost equal to if not more embedded in my memory the circumstances of what it was like to see it in the theater. 
And that's one of them. That's one of the very few where I'm just like, Jesus Christ, crank the volume up, you assholes. Um, mm-hmm. And you, kid, <laughs> out. You mean but, you've never taken any of your illegitimate children to see a movie in a theater? I, they may be in theaters. They're in the concrete under the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I love children. Anyway, I love them silent and without an iPad in a movie theater. Uh, amen to that. Oh, yeah. Oh, Lord. As yeah. they say, and it was the great beginning of the, uh, the Aqua Ting Hunger Force, you know, movie. Oh, yes. They take the seat outside, you know. That's the, yeah. yeah, that great song. Like, <laughs> yes, exactly. Take the seat outside. I agree with that, man. <laughs> okay. I think oh. it was in a W.C. Fields movie where they are talking about Baby Leroy and say he had the kind of skin you love to touch with a belt. <laughs> 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 so I think uh, the, the the takeaway, folks, is uh, all of us want to abuse children, but don't have any, and that's a good thing. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, I think well, I was gonna say maybe it's that Christmas would always be better is always better without children. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just as animated films are, and you know, and, and no, yeah, anything true. about Disney and anything about no, <laughs> get those damn kids out of here. I'm uh, trying to watch Dumbo. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, by the way, I, after watching this film too, and rewatching, and and also watching that film I mentioned earlier, Holiday Hell, and talking about Krampus, I've realized that you can't have a modern Christmas horror film without having Carol of the Bells in there somehow. Mm-hmm. It's like yes, it's just yes. that song appears in all three of those films. It's just something about the melody, <laughs> the way it is. It's creepy anyway. The melody, and you can do so much with it that apparently it's just like a perennial. We have to we have to do something with Carol of the Bells and slow this film. it down yeah. and make it more yeah. of a minor yeah, key. Yeah. Get some vocal, eerie vocals <laughs> yeah. singing on it. And, well, yeah. that that is one of the things that it took me this time to really pay attention to is I don't think there's anything in. I think the entire score of this film is just Christmas carols uh, done in different ways mm-hmm. throughout it. I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any part of the movie that has a score that isn't directly mm-hmm. related to a Christmas carol of some sort. And it's not something that you t- you kind of absorb mm-hmm. as a as a conscious you know a conscious thing that you take advantage of yeah. pulling out and threat you know and thinking yeah. about. Yeah. But this time through, I was like, I think all of the music is a Christmas is some kind of carol or some, of one type or another. Mm. Yeah. So I've already told you what I think of as uh, like on the one to ten scale for this. For me, mm-hmm. it's an eight out of ten. Mm-hmm. Just as a general rule, what, where would you put it on the one to ten scale? Just yeah, I gave it an eight. I gave an it eight. Okay, yes, okay, I did. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I did. Uh, John, I know you don't think about, about films in that way, kind of ranking them in a, on a scale like. If he that, learned but, to count, he could. But, but yeah. we're not. I don't need. I don't need him taking his shoes off. <laughs> no, I would. Um, I'd probably go with about an eight as well. This okay. is pretty pretty darn good little movie. Yeah, there's not too many nits to pick with it. So. No, no, not very really. small. I mean, my mm. the little things about the film are not really problems. Just right. things yeah. like it could have been maybe a slight bit better. Right. To me, mm-hmm. but even then, it's not like oh that ruins it. You yeah. know, it's, yeah, it's yeah. no, it's a really, really good little movie. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. So, a Christmas horror story from 2015, uh, three thumbs up. Yes, and then fingers in our ears for for various other things, and mm-hmm. uh, another winner for the holiday horror this year. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. Hudson, thank you. Good choice. Well, you're welcome. You're welcome. Oh, wait, then, what did you just say? Uh, yeah, can we? I was. I, I should probably. He's going. That, <laughs> that was a compliment to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I think that this means that next year is my choice. Yes. And I'm going to kind of go ahead and say that 
something we've been toying with over the years. I think I'm finally going to pull the trigger on. I think maybe next year we go ahead and go back to uh, 1974 and talk about the original Black Christmas. Well, yeah, that's kind no of one of those. It's that. just kind of a, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's kind of a, yeah, I agree. I, no, I don't have any problem with that. I know what I'm going to pick in two years from now, but you guys don't get to know about it until, I'm not going to tell you for <laughs> no, two, until two years from now. Or maybe I'll tell you when we do next year's episode. Maybe we'll end with me saying what the, what the, what two years from now. How am I be. supposed to sleep at night? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Troy, the master of suspense. <laughs> well, guys, thank both of you for being here. Uh, this this is always fun. Yeah, every mm-hmm. good time. Yeah, every right. time we do this, I always every year say, "Why don't the three of us do more shows together?" Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. And maybe we really should kind of try to aim for one. Maybe in the spring, where mm-hmm. we just we pull some other thing out of a hat and mm-hmm. try to do it. That is is a different topic. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe the way the way you and I get together with Jeff and do the Fulci films. Maybe we pull something else. Yeah, off like yeah. That. yeah. Be that's not that. a bad idea. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, well, you know folks, what? I'll oh, I'm throw sorry. it right out here right now. Oh, 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 oh. You said something earlier. Hot off the presses. Wait, talking oh. about an actor. Mm-hmm. We should get together every three, four months or so and cover a Stuart Gordon movie. Okay. I like that idea. I don't know. I like that, that idea. Yeah, man. I'd, I'd be totally about that. And he's got a few, so it'll keep us busy for a while. Mm-hmm. This is true. This we is true. Something else. But. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely. Not, not to, not, not to, to joke too hard automatically. There's a lot of meat on that bone. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So a yeah, a lot to, to talk about. Okay, all right. Yeah, that's like not that a bad that. idea. Yeah. Maybe I, we've, we've never talked about a Stuart Gordon film, and maybe yeah. that makes it uh, kind of overdue. What do you think, fab listeners? <laughs> Anyone out there got any opinions on this? <laughs> you drop us a line that's at right. thebloodypit at gmail dot com. Oh, and I want to say, actually, you reminded me dropping a line. You told me. Oh, well, you can actually tell this story about how a listener wrote to you and asked about if to verify if something was written by me. Something? Oh, that's right. Um, a, a listener did write in. Uh, well, not it wasn't an email. I think it was a message on Messenger or something. I can't remember. But it, it was something they had turned up in uh, Cinema Sewer. And basically, just they just took a shot of it, sent it to me. That is this the John Hudson you know? And I looked at it and went, I have no freaking idea. But it was it was related to the porn industry. Well, so. that should have told you right. That should have been a, that should have been a giveaway right there. Yeah. So 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 John, what 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 was it? It was an interview with a porn star, mm-hmm. and this with, is something you did like a decade or more. Oh, past? more than that. It was an interview with Hypatia Lee. Okay. And in the mid '90s, I published a couple issues of a Z and this is way back when you know you I pretty much had to type the stuff into a word processor and mm. then to put it together on a page I had to print it cut it out tape it Paste down it. Yeah. yeah you know this there wasn't any any other kind of editing around but anyway I did two issues of the zine and I did an interview with Hypatia Lee for the third issue then I wound up getting divorced from my first ex-wife <laughs> Laura loves that joke. <laughs> uh, yes. And wound up you know, with money problems and all the kind of turmoil that... Um, Divorce get, will bring, yes. That goes with getting divorced. Mm. And by the time I sort of got myself back together, the internet had been invented and zines were dead. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so nothing ever happened with the interview. So then years and years later, I was I was always been a fan of the Cinema Sewer magazine. And I wrote off to... Robin Bougie and said, hey, I've got an unpublished interview with Hypatia Lee from like 1996. Would you be interested? And he's like, yeah, sure. So 
he printed it in an issue, and then they wound up putting it in a book mm-hmm. a couple years later. And so it's my little footnote in the cinema sewer world that I'm actually kind of proud of because I always mm-hmm. loved that magazine. I, I I had no idea that you had uh, surreptitiously become a published author. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, well, thanks. Sir. Yeah, the interview is okay. Uh, looking at it now, it was done you know pre-internet and pre availability with a lot of the information that I have now. I would love to do that interview again with all the knowledge I have now, but for somebody that had just seen a, bu- a bunch of her movies and had no other background to put together for the event. Yeah, I was out. about to say, did you have much in the way of resources to even... Almost none. Yeah. No, it really was just the movies and um, I had just some general questions I wanted to ask her. Like I knew I'd seen her on in uh, like a Geraldo or a Donahue or something, and I yeah. think that came up in it. But it was just a lot of general questions, and then some of the movies I had some questions about. And um, but it, it was okay. I would there's more questions I would love to ask now, but I am glad you brought this up though because we were dangerously close to getting through an entire episode of this with Hudson and not talking about porn in any way. Ah, no, that would have been so, yeah, porn and invisible chimps. You know, those are, those are the two. Those, given, given those are the with, two watchwords for a John Hudson appearance <laughs> on a podcast. Exactly. Well, it just it just made my day that somebody actually put two and two together. Yeah, it's like yeah. wow, somebody's actually listened to that. Yes, <laughs> there are people out there listening to this shit that we do. I'll be damned. Holy hell. <laughs> Thank God. It makes me feel a little bit better about all the damn work I do to put these things out. <laughs> all right. Well, Troy, thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, and, and happy Yule to thee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mr. Hudson, happy Yule to thee. May the, the, the Yule log tumble out of your fireplace and burn your house to the ground. Well, nice black adder quote there. Yes, I was yeah. about to say, yeah. Or to quote the uh, poet... Uh, Gene Simmons, I want to put my log in your fireplace. (laughs) (laughs) Poet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, folks. Remember, if you've got any comments to make, and man, there are comments to make, thebloodypit at gmail.com is the place to send them, and I promise that eventually I'll read them. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Happy holidays, folks. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.